Up next is the Daily Devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. Beginning in verse 1, we read, When he finished praying in a certain place, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Now, Jesus was a man of prayer, and he prayed a lot. He prayed for situations that he faced. He prayed for those who served in the kingdom, as well as those who were lost. He prayed for himself, for strength, for endurance, wisdom, and to hear clearly what the Father wanted out of him. It was like being in a foreign country and the apostles sought to speak the native language. They asked Jesus to teach them this heavenly communication, if you will, and he did not hesitate in his instruction. Now notice that despite the common presentation of this verse, the apostles did not ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, but to teach them to pray. However, Jesus herein taught both a method of sorts as well as the heart that would be behind it. Now let us take note that Jesus was not prescribing a prayer that was to be recited in some sort of vain repetition, but rather the core elements behind that which should encompass our communication with our Heavenly Father. The common name for this prayer is the Lord's Prayer. But it was not his prayer, but that of the disciples. So thus, I think the better title would be Disciples' Prayer. Verse 2 we read, And he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, our Lord's direction contains several important elements here. Firstly, the address. We are to pray directly to the Father. You see, that door has been opened to us because Jesus opened it. We're God's kids now, and he desires communication and he desires a close, intimate relationship with us. Secondly, there is in this the giving of honor. And Jesus gave the example here. He says, Father, you are honored and you are holy. Thirdly, there is the expression of a desire to see God's kingdom manifested herein. Not necessarily in just the second coming of Christ, but here and now in our lives and in our hands today. Not with a political agenda to fix the world as we know it, but the creation of a new realm, a different realm. Having the idea of come out from amongst them and be separate, we read Second Corinthians 6.17. Fourthly and lastly, the prayer that God works, his works would indeed be done. This speaks volumes, I think, as to 
seeking the binding of Satan's hands and the free movement of God's work. And that should be a critical heart and a prayer for all of us. Verse 3, we read on, Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, prayer is not to be about some sort of high concepts or obscure King James English. Often, it is simply about bringing our daily needs before our daily Father. So let us note that the request herein is for bread. That represents the necessities of life. Not for a fancy car or some sort of vacation cruise. I mean, God gives us so much of that stuff as it is. Our heart on this earth must be one of simplicity of life. Anything else will only be a weight to pull us down. So we must resist any tendency to see God as some sort of genie or a Santa Claus. In light of our redemption, we should rather seek open doors to do for him and for his kingdom. He goes on and says, and forgive us our sins. Now, it would be great if once we were born again, we ceased to sin. But it doesn't take long to realize that that is not the case and not likely to ever be in this life. So while the cross covers all sin, even that which we have yet to commit, it does not mean that we should somehow ignore sin or deal loosely with acts against God and acts against His holiness. We must seek to always be well, clean, I guess, on such issues. While shortcomings certainly will not alter our salvation, they definitely will alter our communication and they will alter our standing with God. It is an issue of fellowship and therefore the possibility of the lack of such. Our text says, also forgive everyone who is indebted to us or some versions say had sinned against us. Now, the other half of our forgiveness is to forgive others. Mark eleven twenty six reminds us that if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's an important verse because it can be one that's damnable. We can give innumerable reasons why we should not forgive someone, but this passage in Mark gives us no room and no excuse. The text goes on and says, And do not lead us into temptation. Now we know from other scriptures that God clearly does not tempt us, at least not in the classical sense. The word in the original also means trials and it means testing. And many of those things we bring upon ourselves through spiritual uh, inattentive hearts and rebellious spirits. The call herein is to seek God's intervention to keep us rather out of those kind of situations. Indeed, and amen. The last line in this is, rather, Lord, deliver us from the evil one. Now that's there because certainly the evil one is truly out there seeking every attempt to cause us to stumble, to ignore the voice of the Father, to fall to our fleshly desires. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. 
For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com. Music